This is the Calvary Bible Church Podcast. Thanks for listening in today. We're praying this message encourages you. Learn more about Calvary and join us online each Sunday for services at calvarybible.com. Good morning, church. So good to sing together and to worship together. I'm so glad that we get to continue our study as we examine the life of Christ and look at the ways that he lived. My name's Gary Osborne. I'm on staff here at Calvary and been on staff for almost 22 years now. I started out as a student ministry intern and a facility engineer. Actually, I really just set up and took the trash out. That was my other half of my job. But I am so thankful that I get to be a part of this team. Right now, my role is to help guide and lead the team in Erie and also to help the launch of the Thornton campus. I love this church. I love that it's like a family to me. There's no place that I would rather be. And so I'm thankful that I get to be here today with you to share what God has placed on my heart. As a church, we have a deep desire to make faithful followers of Christ, to help people to grow in the understanding of who Jesus is and what his life was like. And that's what we're doing in this series right now. No matter what the circumstances you are going through or where you've been, our desire is to help you live a life that looks a lot like Jesus's life. Our hope and prayer is that Calvary would be a community of people who are devoted to loving God and loving others. The first few weeks of this study that we've been doing, we looked at the importance that every believer would be dependent and devoted to prayer. A faithful follower of Jesus relies on the power of prayer, knowing that the Lord hears our prayers and responds to his people. The past two weeks, we are looking at the word and the importance of the word in our life and how it guides and directs us. I know personally, when I'm in the word regularly, reading it, studying it, memorizing it, It transforms me from a young believer and even now, 25 years after knowing Christ, when I am rooted in the scriptures, I see my life get deeper in my understanding and love for Jesus and love for others. So I'm looking forward to sharing with you what Christ has put on my heart. Let's pray before we open up the word together today. Father God, I am so thankful that you are at work in our church and in our community and in our lives. This morning, Lord, as we open up your truth and as we open up your scriptures, I ask that you would do a great work in the hearts of your people, Lord. That it's nothing that I say, but it's what you are speaking to them through the power of your spirit, Lord. Lord, we know your word is powerful and we are so thankful that you have given it to us to guide and direct and to lead us in our everyday life, Lord. I pray this morning that you would work on the hearts of your people and that all of us who are listening today, we would be transformed by the power of Christ and that we would grow in our understanding of him and that we would look a little bit more like Jesus. We love you, Lord. Your name, amen. Last week, John did an incredible job. He showed us through the scriptures of what Jesus's life was like and how Jesus used the scriptures to grow into the the minister that he was. I think about Jesus and his hunger at a young age. We see him at 12 years old in the temple courts and he's having this great understanding of what he's learning. And he's able to speak with the teachers of the law at the time. It even says in Luke 2 that his parents were astonished at what he knew, what he understood, and how he spoke. 
At the end of Luke 2, it says that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with both God and men. That's what the word of God is doing in our lives. It's transforming us to be a little bit more like Jesus. And that's what happened in the life of Christ. As well, John said that the word of God is transformational, not just information that it transforms us. It's not about getting a bunch of understanding and knowledge. And I think that is fantastic because that's what we truly need in our lives. On my own, just reading a bunch of information, it doesn't do a lot for me. But when I am transformed by the power of the word of God, I look a little bit more like what Jesus looked like. I become a faithful follower of Christ. And then he kind of reminded us about the spoken word of God and the power of the spoken word of God and what the spoken word of God did in the lives of people. And so as I think about those thoughts that John shared last week, and those are really important to me as we get to today's conversation. Because as I think about the world we live in today, I think about the civil unrest that's happening. I think about... Um, the political environment that we're moving into. And then we have a pandemic on top of that where there's a lot of information coming our way and a, and a variety of things coming towards us. I don't always know how to receive that information. I don't always know how to, to make heads or tails of what's being said. And so I am thankful that we have a God who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his word is unchanging and it it is always the same and it's consistent. And so we go to his word to learn truth. We go to his word to get guidance. We go to his word to shape and direct and to form our lives. So as followers of Christ, as followers of the way, I wanna encourage us in the times that we live in to turn to God's guidance, to his direction and to his understanding. That we don't lean on our own understanding, but we lean on the truth that is in the scriptures. Unfortunately, as I was getting ready to prepare, to prepare this message, I saw that many people who are evangelical Christians today do not spend time in the Bible regularly. What I read was only 45% of evangelical Christians regularly read their Bible. I also discovered that many believers do not believe that it is the inerrant word of God anymore. And so what happens is we pick and we choose what we want to believe and what we want to follow in the Bible because we don't believe that is in an entirety true. But here's what Jesus said about the scriptures. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. God's word is true. It's always true. And his words guide and direct and help us understand what it means to be a true follower of Christ. The word of the Lord needs to be central to our lives. If we're gonna be a faithful follower of him, we need to ingrain the word of God so that it just overflows into who we are. This was the example of Jesus. He knew the scriptures. He even quotes them more than 75 times in his life and his ministry. He had memorized the scriptures. He used the scriptures to refute those who were against him. He used the scriptures to answer questions. They were the true example of how he guided and directed people towards a life that was centered on him. And so this morning, I want to start by looking at Psalm 1. And here's what Psalm 1 says says this, 
Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted in streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaves do not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like shaft that the wind drives away. These are two great word pictures. When I think of the person who loves the word of God, who stays connected to the word of God and the one who doesn't. The one who loves the word of God is like a tree planted by streams of water. It's nourished by the water. It's growing, it's fruitful, it's producing. The one who doesn't, it is dried out. It is withering. The wind blows and the shaft blows off of the tree. Like that is the example that we see here. I think of our current community right now, our, my backyard even, that when I water it really well, it looks fantastic. It looks incredible. But when you go and you look at kind of the, the brush that's in our community these days, we see because it's in July and it's been 90 plus with no rains, it's starting to die and dry out. That is a perfect example of what a follower of Christ looks like when they're away from God's word, when they're not rooted in his truth. The other day, I turned off my water because I felt like I was watering too much. And what I forgot to do was tell my wife that that line that was watering the grass also watered her garden. And so my grass was doing okay, but in those few days that the garden wasn't being watered, it killed many of her plants. That's the same thing as our spiritual life. When we are not rooted in God's word, where we're not being nourished by God's word, we have very little to minister out of. And so there's a great picture of a tree that's planted by streams of water that is flourishing and growing and producing fruit. And at the same time, when we get away from the water, when we leave the truth, we die out, we dry up. That is what it, our life without being rooted in the word is life. The one who ignores the truth who doesn't follow God's word, does not delight in the law of, of, of the Lord. This is what we want to avoid as followers of Christ. Is that someone's life who is rooted in the truth of scripture is someone who flourishes. But when we step away, we, we forget about what God wants. And so today, here's what I want to do. Is I want to jump off from Psalm 1, but I want to spend some time in Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is called the great Psalm. It is the longest chapter in the Bible. If you are just flipping through the Bible, most of the time you kind of will open it up and crack to Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is, is written in a unique way and it's fascinating to me. It has 22 different paragraphs. And the reason why it has 22 different paragraphs is because it's each letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So if it was written in English, there would have been 26 different paragraphs. And all those paragraphs have eight verses or eight lines. And what's fascinating about each of those lines is that 
if the first letter of the first paragraph started with A, then every word in the first line of those verses started with A as well. And then the next eight verses start with B and so on and so on and so on. Imagine getting to X in the English language. That would be a little bit difficult to come with eight unique words to start off the stanzas or the the verse lines in Psalm 119. But I love this poem because it's all about the law of the Lord. There's 22 paragraphs. Each has eight verses, which makes Psalm 119, 176 verses long. It's a great picture of what it is to be rooted in the word. Let's just start with verse one and we're gonna work our way through all 176 verses today together. So Psalm 119, verse one. Blessed are those who walk, whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. The first verse sets up the rest of Psalm 119. Who walk in the way of the Lord, who walks in the law of the Lord. That's what we're learning, what it means to walk in the, in the way of the Lord, to walk in the law of the Lord. The, Psalm 119 instructs the reader to walk in the law of the Lord. So today I wanna give you four ways of how you can walk in the way of the word four ways to walk in the way of the word. Number one is to delight. Is that we want to delight in the law of the Lord. That we want to love it. We want to appreciate it. The word delight means to take great pleasure in, to love it. That's what we want to do with the word. And in Psalm 119, throughout the entire Psalm, we see this word delight over and over again. Psalm 119, 16 says, I I delight in your decrees. Psalm 119, 24. Your statues, your statues are my delight. Psalm 119, 47. I delight in your commands. I delight in your law. This is the heart that we want to have for the Lord is to delight in the laws, decrees, and commands of the Lord. This is going to be a mind shift for many of us because I don't know if I always want to delight in the law of the Lord. It's hard. It's difficult. Sometimes I'm the type of person who wants to stretch or break rules. I'm not the one who loves to follow them all the time because they're difficult at times. And in in our own personal life with God, I sense I have a rebellion. And I sense many of us do, that there's things that are hard and we don't want to follow because it changes the way we want to live our life. But it needs to be our desire to love God's word, to do what it says, to follow its truth. I mentioned earlier that many Christians today, evangelical Christians, don't believe in the inerrancy of scripture. And because of that, They don't follow God's commands, decrees, and promises. I think about the story of Nehemiah when he's returning to Jerusalem. And right before he returns to Jerusalem, he has this great prayer that I remember all the time. It starts out with him confessing his sins, his family's sins, and the nation of Israel. But he stands on this promise of God. He says this from Deuteronomy. Remember the instructions you gave your servant Moses saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if your exiled people are at the furthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place as I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. 
I'm fearful for our country right now. I'm fearful that people who claim to be followers of Christ aren't following his word, that they're rejecting the ways of the Lord. And because of that, I see this downward spiral of accepting more and more things that are of this world and not of the things, not of, the things of God. And so we need to return to the things of the Lord. We need to delight in the world, in the word. We need to love the word of God. We need to love what he says and what he's called us to do, even though it might be hard. Even though I might not want to do it, that's where we need to get to, is that we need to, as a community of believers, is return to the law of the Lord and to love it and to trust it and to believe it. And so one of the ways that if we're going to walk in the way of Jesus is we need to delight in the love of God. The second way you can walk in the way of the word is to meditate on the word of God, to ponder God's word. I'm fully aware that many evangelical Christians today have a problem with this idea of meditation. But let me be frank with you. God commands us to meditate on his word, not to just meditate to get to a place of inner peace, but to meditate on the truth of scriptures. In Psalm 119, once again, it says, I'm meditate on your precepts, to meditate on your statures, to meditate on your decrees, to meditate on your law all day long, is that I will meditate on your promises. That's what he says to do. So meditation is to think deeply and to focus intently on God's laws, decrees, rules, and commands and promises. To think about who God is and what he's done for us. Meditation isn't about centering yourself, but it's about thinking of heavenly things. It's about thinking of things above, not on earthly things. This is what it means to meditate on God's word, that we would hide it in our heart, that we would hold it close to us, that it would transform us because all we can do is think about the things of the Lord. That's what it means to meditate on God's word. The third way that we can walk in the way of the word is to memorize God's word. Now, there is a difference between meditation and memorization, and it's really important. Meditation is to focus on the word of God, and memorization is to hide the word of God firmly in your heart and mind to recall it whenever you need it. Last week, John was talking about the temptation of Christ in Matthew 4. This is a great picture of Jesus out there, hungry, starving for 40 days. And the enemy comes to him, the devil, the evil one, and, and tempts him. But Jesus, over and over and over again, is able to refute the temptations with the word of God. He had hidden it in his heart. We need to be able to recall scripture. We need it to guide us and to direct us. We need it so that we can follow God's way and his rules and his command. Rules aren't always bad. I know I personally like to stretch it, but I also see the importance of rules. I also see why rules are really important. I know a ton of rules, especially in obscure things. Like my daughters, they play softball. And so I know all these unique and fascinating rules that make the game of softball incredibly fun to watch. As well, I know rules about football. I grew up around that sport my whole life. I bet many of you don't know that if you fair catch a ball on the next play, you can set the ball right there on the ground 
and kick it with no one within 10 yards. And if it goes through the field goal, your team gets three points. I don't know why teams don't do this more at the end of the half, but that is one of the obscure rules in football that many people don't know. And so rules are fascinating, but they, they create parameters for our life. And so many of us think that God's ways sometimes are strict or they're harsh or they're not freeing enough. But really what God wants to do with his ways and his rules and his commands is to provide and protect us. God has this desire to love his children. And so his ways, his rules, his commands are to provide and to protect us. And what I do love and appreciate about rules is that it helps us understand expectations. They're important. It helps us understand what we're supposed to do at our jobs. For you who are students at school, it helps you understand what your teachers expect out of you. It helps you know what you're supposed to do by the end of the semester. It helps us to accomplish goals and objectives. That's what rules are really good for. And the same is true with God. God has given us a blueprint for life. He has given us instructions, instructions so that we know how to live, instructions so that we can live in accordance with his guidelines. This is what it means to walk in the way of Jesus, is that we would delight in his word, that we would meditate on his word, that we would memorize his word. And finally, we are called to walk or to apply his word to our lives. When I think of what it means to walk like Jesus, because we see this in Psalm 119 over and over, this word walk happens all the time. And it's this command to take what you've learned and then to live your life in accordance so that we would take God's ways, God's laws, God's decrees, and that we would live like Jesus lived. This is what Psalm 119.105 says. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. What a great picture this is, is God's word is so specific that it can light our steps in the darkness right at our feet. It can give us the next step that we need to take so we don't trip or fall or stub our toe. And at the same time, God's word is a lamp to the path. And so we can see far out into the distance as well. What's next? What's the future? What do we need to do? What do we need to be thinking? How we can be planning? And we can still stay aligned with God's word. I am so thankful for God's word in our life. And I hope and pray for us as a community of believers that we would really love it as well, that we would delight in it and cherish it and love it, that we would meditate on it, that we would ponder the things of God, that we would think hard about it, that we would memorize it and we would hide God's word into our heart. That's what Psalm 119.11 says, is that we would hide the word of our God so that we might not sin against God. That's such an important thing for us to remember is that we can recall it and we can not sin against God because we know the way that we're supposed to live. And then as well, that we can walk in God's truth and we can apply it to our life. God's word is specific for our lives and so that we know how to live. I hope and I pray today that as we think about the word of God, that would not be something that we would run from, that would be something we would run to, that we would immerse ourselves in it, that we would allow the word of God to penetrate our hearts. 
If you need help getting into God's word, let me just encourage you that would you get in touch with one of the pastors here on staff at Calvary? We would love to guide and direct you. Or maybe you would pick up a daily bread. That might be a great way to start. Maybe you would start by just reading a psalm or a proverb of day so that you can grow in your understanding of the word. Or maybe a great place to start would be the book of John. You could jump right in there and you could see what Christ has done for you by reading one of the gospels. It is our desire that the word of God would be our authority here at Calvary Bible Church, that we would love his word in a way that would shape us to be like Jesus. That is my prayer for us today. Let me pray as we close the service this morning. Father God, I thank you that you gave us your word. I thank you that your word is powerful and that it's sharper than any two-edged sword, Lord. It cuts us deep and yet at the same time, it brings us life because there's so much truth in it, Lord God. God, I pray for those who call Calvary home that they would love and delight in your word like it says in Psalm 119. Lord, I pray that we would, we would meditate on your word, that we would think about it often, that we would ponder it all the time, Lord God. God, I pray that we would learn how to memorize your scriptures more and more, that it would be part of our spiritual life, that we would hide your word in our heart so that we might not sin against you, Lord God. And God, I pray that through these, these practices and these disciplines, Lord, that we would live a life, that we would walk in your ways, that we would apply your scripture to our lives, that we would live a life that is worthy to your calling, as it says in Colossians, Lord. You are so good and so great, and you gave us such a great gift in your word. We love you, Lord, in your name. Amen.